Welcome aboard for another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch. I'm joined, as always, on the program by my co-host, John Spataro, and our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher. Gentlemen, great to have you aboard. And what we always do to start the show is we recap what we did last week. I had a 2-1 week with my best bets. Missed big time on the Bengals. They did not come close to covering with Ryan Finley, a quarterback. They are terrible. They're the only winless team in the NFL. I thought they could cover a double-digit spread. They didn't do it. But I hit with Minnesota plus the points against Dallas in the Sunday nighter. Also, the Seahawks plus the points in the Monday nighter. Both those teams were outright winners as, of course, Seattle took out uh, San Francisco, giving the Niners their first loss. So, Ryan, I turn to you first. How did you do last week with your picks? Yeah, we came in on a good run. We've been 8-1 and one the last few weeks, and uh, we went dumpster diving with a couple teams. I was with you on the Bengals, but Ryan Finley was worse than we expected, so we missed that. Uh, the Jets, we had the Jets against the Giants, and they, they came through and were outright winners. And then just not any luck on the Monday nighter. I had the under, and that game was under in every which way except on the scoreboard somehow. There couple defensive touchdowns late points overtime all that it should have been an under but it wasn't uh so we went one and two uh but we'll get still like what we were doing so we'll get back on track this week yeah prior to that ryan was eight and one his previous three shows so he's been on fire a little bit of a down week for ryan but looking to bounce back this week john how'd you do with last week's picks I needed a winning week, and I got one. I went two and one, just like you, Jason. Uh, I also went dumpster diving, Ryan. I went to uh, the Miami Dolphins game for my best bet, and that covered easily. The Dolphins actually wound up uh, picking up their second win of the year, being a 10.5-point underdog at Indianapolis. I was pretty happy about that one. Uh, also was with you, Jason, on the Vikings plus three in Dallas. I thought that one was a pretty easy bet, and it turned out to be just the type of game I expected back and forth with Minnesota getting the win at the end and then to push me to 0 and 5 when betting against the 49ers I took the Niners to cover the spread this time the first time I took him as a favorite and they let me down that was a great game I had a lot of fun watching it uh, and I'm with you Ryan it was so under and and it looked like an easy cover at the beginning of the game for the Niners uh, and then the defense got involved and it kind of got out of hand but a happy 2-1 and one this week looking to go the same or better uh, this week with my picks John with a great week on the picks as well. And fellas, the Bears game, let's focus on the local team right now, the Chicago Bears, because last week, admittedly, it wasn't one of my best bets. I said bet the Lions plus the points. And honestly, I wouldn't have changed that except for the fact that Jeff Driscoll, the backup for the Lions, was forced to play on short notice because of Matthew Stafford's uh, injury that nobody really knew about. And uh, watching that game, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky threw for three touchdowns, but the Bears really struggled against Detroit. And to be honest with you, I think if Stafford plays, uh, the Bears' losing streak stands at five instead of the Bears getting a much-needed victory. So, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about the Bears and the Lions and also the Bears' upcoming matchup, which does not look good on paper. They're at the Rams on the Sunday night game this week, and the Bears are minus six and or I'm sorry the Rams are minus six and a half in that game honestly you think it would be a little bit bigger spread maybe the odds makers know something about that matchup we don't well the Bears definitely got fortunate in Jeff Driscoll playing for Stafford and uh I mean it gave the Bears the better quarterback on the field surprisingly enough and that was probably the difference in the game in a game the Bears had to have um if they lose that one the the season's pretty much done as far as the playoffs 
but that sort of just set them up for this week now because this is another one that they're going to they absolutely have to have I mean, the bears are four and five the rams are disappointing at five and four and the rams are three games behind in their division so as you start looking at the playoffs you know bears are also three games behind the packers neither team is likely to to make a push for a division so if if they either has any shot at the playoffs, it's going to be through the wild card route. So this game, huge in the standings. I mean, it's not only a game head to head, but then that gives you a tiebreaker. So it's, I mean, this is really sort of the last stand again uh, for the Bears. There's a couple things I'm looking at. You know, the Rams' offensive line, a bunch of injuries. And they're an absolute mess. Uh, the Bears, the defense hasn't been as good as it was last year, but it's still solid one thing they'd still do is get after the quarterback and Jared Goff man I've been down on him somehow he got them to the Super Bowl last year but I and he's been he's terrible against pressure he's 22nd in the league against against pressure Bears bring pressure uh it's hard to forget last year's game also I believe a Sunday night game where the Bears just made Goff look completely uncomfortable and just rendered that offense totally inept I don't think we're going to see quite the same thing, but I, I do think golf's going to be in some trouble. There's one just numbers trend that fits this game too. You know, despite being disappointing, the Rams five and four overall, they're actually six and three against the spread. And the bears we know have not been good against the spread this year. Uh, when you get to this point late in the year, you know, the numbers have sort of corrected based on what's happened and they correct too much. So when you get a team like the Bears who's been bad against the spread and you get against a team like the Rams who have been good against the spread, it's an overcorrection. You actually want to take that team that's been bad against the spread. It's a 62% uh, hit rate since 2003. So the Bears fit that spot. I liked what they're going to do against Goff and, and getting pressure on him and forcing some mistakes. Uh, they could get blown out but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not even going to take the six and a half. I'm going to go bears when it's like this, you know, a lot of variance in these teams, anything can happen. I'm going bears on the money line. I'm going to go plus two forty and uh, take my shot on that and hope that somehow they win a, a low scoring, you know, 17, 13 type game. Wow. Some great analysis from our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher, but I got to admit, I did not expect Ryan to say he'll play the money line plus the 240. A gutsy call on a Bears team that has struggled offensively all year. So I turn to John Spataro. John, what do you think on paper? This looks like a mismatch, but Ryan gave us some great trends and some information. Uh, You like the Bears to cover, win outright. You like the total. It's 40 right now. That's the total in this game. I think the Rams cover the six and a half. I'm trying to parse my brain out and, and put that game from last year in, in the back burner because it ended 15 to six and you you were right, Ryan, it was a Sunday night game on soldier field. And I remember uh, watching that game and just watching two quarterbacks struggle to get anything going uh, between Goff and Trubisky. And this is when Trubisky was playing pretty well. So I'm, I'm worried that we're going to see something similar from both quarterbacks again, this time it'll be in LA and not necessarily uh, nine degrees or whatever it was when they played in December here last year. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to go back to what we did last week, Ryan, and look at the total uh, the under in this game seems attractive that, that may uh, scare some people off for it to hit, uh, you know, two weeks in a row. And, you know, I think everyone's still a little scorned from that new Orleans game earlier in the year where the under looked too good to be true. And it was, uh, but I do like the money line play. I, I think that's, that's definitely a, a look for the bears going forward, especially in games like this, where they're only, uh, you know, a, a one score or less underdog. 
Uh, I, I do have a little bit of a fear if you are going to play the spread that this could turn into a close game that uh, the Bears were able to tack some points on in garbage time. Uh, kind of what they did against the, the the Saints. However, I don't think they got uh, to the cover spot uh, in that one. But yeah, it's going to come down to golf versus Trubisky, which last year sounded like a very intriguing matchup. And this year kind of sounds like pulling teeth. So I'm really not too uh, happy uh, for this game to, to be in this position on, you know, on Sunday night on the bright lights, bright lights. Uh, it's certainly a different field than when these two teams played last year. But if I'm looking for plays, I, I, I like the under uh, the money line, Ryan, I, I'm with you on that. I think that's a good one. And if I had to make a pick on this spread, I think I'm going to go the Bears. Uh, you know, the, the touchdown and underline uh, leads itself to a late score or, uh, you know, maybe a defensive touchdown like we saw in, in the uh, Seattle uh, 49ers game this week, kind of ruining everything. So I'm, I'm looking at those. I don't feel great about any of them necessarily, uh, but I think that's where I would lean if I'm playing this game. All right, John Spataro locked in with his thoughts on Bears and the Rams. So me, Jason Gotch, going to give it a go as well. I'm going to go the other way on this one, fellas. Look, you guys provide some great information and some insight, but here's the deal. I cannot trust the Bears offense and Mitchell Trubisky on the road. I think the Rams defense will do enough to make life miserable for him. And Jared Goff, believe me, I don't think he's very good either. I think last year was an aberration. But I'm going to say the Rams do enough to cover the 6.5 against a Bears team that is a very tough schedule the rest of the way. And I don't think they're going to do enough to get it done in L.A. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois, along with our Vegas insider Ryan Fisher and John Spataro. My name's Jason Gotch. It's that time of the show where we do our bet it or drink it segment. Here it is this week, fellas. Of course, for our new listeners, I give John and Ryan each 20 bucks, plus I take 20 bucks of my own money out of my pocket to see if I want to, along with John and Ryan, make a play on a long shot play I'm about to provide. Or if you want to say, hey, it's not worth putting down the money on the long shot play, go to the bar and buy yourself some drinks for 20 bucks. So here it is this week, fellas. Uh, Colin Kaepernick always seems to find a way in the news during the NFL season. He hasn't played since 2016. There's a prop out there. Colin Kaepernick, who has a workout this weekend that's open to all NFL teams if they want to send somebody, here's the prop. Will Colin Kaepernick get signed by an NFL team this year? Yes is plus 500. So if he gets signed, you put the 20 bucks down, you would win 100 bucks additional. Ryan, I turn to you. Will Colin Kaepernick be back in the NFL this year? Yeah, I... This kind of came out of nowhere. Sound, you know, it seemed like that was all done and over with, and you know, here we are, and who knows what the reasons for it, and that's what everyone's trying to figure out the reasons. I mean, I don't really care about all that. Uh, I look more at what the point would be for a team to do it. I mean, if he comes in, he's not going to play this year, and if he does, it's just in a situation where you know the team isn't any good, and. You're looking to next year, and, I mean, he's, what, 30, 32 years old? I mean, that's your guy going forward. I just – it's hard to see a situation where a team – you know, forget all the outside baggage uh, that a team would have to deal with, but just as a player, I don't – I mean, he's not coming in. He's not – I mean, there's been some Bears chatter. He's an upgrade over – I mean, that's all fine, and he might be, but not this year he's not. There's not a guy coming in that any team, you know, off the street and playing in the last few weeks of a season in meaningful football games. So I, I don't understand what the upside would be for a team. I don't, it, it hasn't happened in three years. I don't know what would change their thinking at this point. Um, so, I mean, unless there's something hidden below that, uh, 
you know, that the NFL is forcing on someone, and that doesn't seem to make any sense to me either. So, yeah, I'm not going to bet. I'm not going to bet this. I'll take the 20 bucks. I'll I'll go have a couple drinks, and that'll help me forget that Colin Kaepernick ever existed. So, <laughs> Ryan's drinking with the money. John, you joining him at the bar? You think Kaepernick's back in this year? I'm drinking it. Uh, there's so many variables in this, and we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about could Tom Brady win the MVP or could Player X win the NFL Rookie of the Year. It, it, it all comes back to, you know, what's the probability? So you have to assume that Kaepernick, one, ha- is as, as in a good a shape as he says he's been after not playing for three years. Then he has to impress a team at his workout. Then that team has to be in a position to want to take him on, be it, financially or you know the reasons that everyone knows are out there surrounding the circus that's going to come when you sign Colin Kaepernick and then he has to get into a position where he's actually going to get on the field and that's a lot to happen in only seven weeks in the NFL season so I'm not going to to take this I, I think that he has a decent chance of maybe getting on a team for next year if he looks good at his workout wherever he's doing it However, I think it's just too quick of a turnaround. No contender is going to put him in. There are some bad teams out there like the Bengals. And, you know, yeah, maybe he'd be an upgrade over Trubisky. But the Bears aren't going to take that risk at this point while they're still technically, mathematically in the playoff hunt. So there's just a lot going on here. And and although plus 500 is a decent payout, I I can't get behind it. I I can't imagine he's going to put on a uniform. He may make a team, like I said, you know, down the line, maybe in the offseason. Uh, but he has to be in really good shape, and he has to prove on a field with nobody else on it that he is in as good a shape as he says he is. So I'm staying away from this one. I'll meet you. Well, I will join you gentlemen at the bar as well. Colin Kaepernick, despite what all the know-it-alls who know nothing, the blue check marks on Twitter, like you to believe that this guy is the second coming of Tom Brady. Check this out. Colin Kaepernick in his career has been sacked on over 9% of his dropbacks. That's an awful number. He takes way too many sacks. And here's even a better stat for you. With the awful 2016 Niners, they averaged 22 points a game when Blaine Gabbert started, who was a terrible player, by the way. When Colin Kaepernick started, they averaged only 18 points a contest. Colin Kaepernick stinks. No team would be in their right mind to sign this guy. And for the bad teams out there that are thinking about it, he's so divisive. Why would you want to alienate your fans even more when you're a bad football team by bringing this bad quarterback in? So I don't think he gets signed. I'm drinking it at the bar and watching some better quarterbacks play football, even guys like Mitchell Trubisky. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois, along with our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher, and John Spataro. My name's Jason Gotcha. We come back. Ryan's got some great trends for the week that will be in the National Football League gambling-wise. We'll give you our best bets of the week and more. All that right after this.
We welcome you back to State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois, along with John Spataro and our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher. My name is Jason Gotch, and it's that time in the program where Ryan gives us some expert analysis. He always has great trends and notes for the week that will be gambling-wise in the National Football League. So, Ryan, the floor is yours. Yeah, there's some good ones this week. There's some good games. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun week. Um, we're going to start. We, we've, we've thrown this out there a couple times this year, but it sets up again. The Vikings under Mike Zimmer at home as a favorite in a non-divisional game. So against teams that they're, you know, they don't see a whole lot. This this week it's the Broncos. Broncos coming in off a bye, but in that situation, Zimmer's Vikings 19-3 and one against the spread. So just a huge number. Um, if you're thinking about taking the Broncos, that should give you pause. Definitely want to look at the Vikings as a possibility. Um, another, you know, real big game this week. We got the, the Patriots coming in off a bye, off the loss to the Ravens um, at Philly. The Eagles are also off a bye. Uh, Patriots are three and a half point favorites in that one. Road favorites coming off a bye. So, I mean, it's the better teams in the NFL. They've gotten some extra time. You know, going back since 2003, that's a 65% uh, cover rate, 64, 34, and two. So it makes sense that the Patriots have been in this position quite a bit under Tom Brady. Tom Brady's six and one in these spots. Um, and, it, you know, even if it's the Eagles also off a of bye, same situation. Still, you know, those road favorites are eight and three in that spot. So uh, a lot of things setting up there to kind of look at the Patriots in that position. Um, one last one, and because we always talk about some bad teams, we're going to do some dumpster diving this week, and we got a good one this week. We got a battle between the well, battle's a strong word, but we got a we got a game between the Jets and the Redskins. Jets with a big win last week against the Giants. Uh, Redskins coming off a bye. If the Redskins are favored, one trend that goes back a while, and again, this these trends they just speak to sort of you know betters' uh, feelings and overreactions and how they do it. Uh, a team that scored 10 or fewer points in their previous game, and that's that's the Redskins. The Redskins don't score many points. And two weeks ago, they only scored nine against the Bills. I think the week before that, they were actually shut out in that uh, that Rain Bowl against the uh, – or no, they had the Vikings. Redskins haven't scored more than 10 in, in three weeks. They scored nine against the Bills. They scored nine against the Vikings. They were shut out against the 49ers when it was raining like crazy. All right, so a bad offense public doesn't believe in them all of a sudden the public's all over the jets more than 70 percent of bets so far coming in on the jets which is kind of a crazy thought in a spot like that a team like the redskins 61 percent they cover 150 to 95 and four so again you kind of got to hold your nose and dumpster dive a little bit and in this case it's actually a battle of two of the bad teams but the public has decided that they believe more in the jets so they're back to john's feelings before the season he was, he was big on the jets so here we are again. Jets are Jets are getting public support, but the Redskins would actually be the play based on based on recent trends. So some great information there from Ryan. And you know, nobody likes the bad teams, I don't think, as much as one of the co-hosts here, myself, Jason Gotch. I actually enjoy a good toilet bowl now and then. And Jets and Redskins, about as good as it gets. Bad coaching, Bill Callahan and 
and Adam Gaze. You got a rookie quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. The Jets just coming off a big win over another bad team, the Giants. A lot of bad teams in the NFL this year. So, John, I turn it over to you. Any thoughts on Ryan's trends? And also, what many would say would be the game of the week in the NFL this week. We have, as Ryan talked about, the Patriots at the Eagles. The Pats a three-and-a-half-point favorite, the total 44-and-a-half, and a rematch of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So if you want to give a thought on that game as well as some of Ryan's trends, uh, go for it. Yeah, I'll get to that game in a second. Uh, you may hear me talking about the Patriots and the Eagles in the next segment. Uh, but I wanted to ask Ryan actually a question and just kind of put this out there. I don't, I haven't really heard a ton about this, uh, but there's a game in Mexico City this weekend, the Monday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. If you remember last year, the, the game in Mexico City was canceled. This will be the, only the third time an NFL game has been played uh, in Mexico City, the first between the Texans and the Raiders, uh, and the second between the Patriots and the Raiders in 2016 and 2017. I'm looking at this game, and you know, I know they talk a lot about when teams play in Denver because of the altitude and the elevation that, you know, you can expect some, some worn out players, maybe some low scoring games. I haven't heard a ton of that despite, you know, Mexico city and, and the uh, Aztec stadium where they're playing uh, being pretty high off the ground and, and being notorious. If you follow the soccer world and, and other events that happen there being a really tough place to play. So I see the over here uh, in this chargers chiefs game at, at 52, uh, the first two games that they played, uh, in that stadium, the first one had a total of 47. The second had a total of 41. So I'm looking at, at, at a possible opportunity to bet the under there. I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily apples to oranges or or anything like that, but it, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, play for both of these teams that, uh, you know, the Chiefs have no problem scoring, but the Chargers certainly do. Uh, Ryan, do you have any, any insight on that or have you hear, heard anything going on uh, with this game on Monday night in Mexico? Yeah, this one's kind of flown under the radar a little bit compared to, you know, what we've had in the past. And I was at that game Sunday, great game here in Nashville between the Titans and the Chiefs. And a lot of fun, one of the better NFL regular season games I've ever been to. But, I mean, that Chiefs defense is just, I mean, just just a sieve. I mean, they, I mean Ryan Tannehill is putting together the drives of his career. Derrick Henry's running all over him. But the Chargers are tough to figure out. I mean, Phillip Rivers – you know, at this point in his career, it seems like he throws seven-yard passes over and over and over again. He completes a lot of them, and they do enough to score a little bit. But, yeah, I, you know, I don't – I haven't heard – you know, I haven't really gotten into that game as far as, you know, the totals. And But, yeah, I mean, Mexico City, it's up there at like 7,000 feet and the smog and, and all that sort of thing. But I'd almost, I'd almost be scared to go the other way. And, you know, guys get tired out, but Tyree Kill, I think run forever it's <laughs> just run by guys late so yeah that's going to be an interesting game Monday night and uh, you know there's always the the travel part and going down there so I I don't know I mean that's one I'm, I'm kind of scared I think I'm just going to sit back and watch and enjoy but uh, there, there's going to be some angles coming in people are going to have some ideas Monday and the public's going to push it one way or the other and since the public's usually wrong most likely to sit and follow that and then go the other way. All right, guys, before we get out of here, I'm going to go to John first, our best bets of the week. John, the floor is yours. Give us some more winners. All right. Trying to build on the two-in-one week I had last week. Let's let's keep it going. I'm going back to where I made some money last week. I'm going back to Indianapolis, and I like the under in that game between the Colts and the Jaguars. The, the Colts, led by Brian Hoyer last week, uh, didn't really have a ton going offensively. Nick Foles coming back for the Jags. I just don't see that the ball being moved a ton in this game. Uh, I, I see a couple defenses going head to head and, uh, you know, a 16-13 or 17-14 game. 
you know, might be might be destined for this one. So the over is 43 and a half. I like the under in that game. I, I think that's going to end up uh, being a being a, a low scoring affair. And then you know what, Ryan, I was, I was looking for direction, but as you were explaining it, I'm rolling the dice. I'm to go City on on Monday night. And I'm going to take the under in that game as well. 52 points just seems a little too high. I also like that the Chargers are in this game. If you remember last year, the, the Chiefs and the Rams were supposed to play in Mexico City. They went to L.A. instead after the field was unplayable, and they put up, I think, 200 points in that game. Uh, one of the great games of the year. I don't think that's going to be the case this time around. I think the, the, the Chiefs are going to score, but I don't think the Chargers are going to be able to keep up with them. I, I like that coming in at, uh, at under 52. I, I really do on that one. And then I mentioned it before. Let's go to the Patriots and Eagles. This three and a half line is almost offensive to me. I think the Patriots are such a better team than the Eagles. I think they are, they are absolutely coming off the bye and are going to have something figured out to really put the Eagles away. They're, they're kind of in, in the similar situation to the Bears hanging on the fringe of, of playoff contention. And I think Tom Brady comes out and, and with a chip on his shoulder after losing pretty badly to Baltimore, I think they find a way to get that. And I think the Patriots are going to win by at least a touchdown. Uh, so that's going to be my best bet of the week. But to recap, I like the under in the Colts and the Jaguars game in Indy. I like the under in the Mexico City Monday night showdown between the Chiefs and the Chargers. And my best bet of the week, which I think is going to be a popular one, the Patriots covering three and a half points on the road in Philly. All right, John Spataro was 2-1 and one last week with his bets. Bets is locked in for this week. Ryan, give us some more winners. Yeah, well, and John... You know, when John says it, he thinks it's going to be a popular one. That's that's what always scares me. I mean, I I like the Patriots, but when it's a popular one, I I usually end up going the other way. So I'm staying away from that one. Uh, speaking of unpopular, though, I am going to go diving in the dumpster a little bit. I gave you the the trends on the Redskins Jets game earlier this week, or earlier in the show, and uh, so I got the Redskins coming off the bye. Bill Callahan, Dwayne Haskins at quarterback with a you know couple weeks now to get better as a rookie and I think I mean the Jets got the win last week but they're still not a good football team so I think the Redskins are going to get that one I'm going to an in-division game in the NFC South and I it always worries me there's a no team has been more difficult to figure out this year than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I mean they win when you think they don't have a chance and when you think they're going to play well they don't all that has to do with Jameis Winston but getting five and a half at home against the Saints uh, I like the Buccaneers in this spot um, again, second time they played the Saints tends to depress scoring a little bit in division games. I think they're going to keep it close with a chance to win. I think the Saints probably get the win, but I'm going to take the five and a half. Third one, Monday night didn't work out for me with the under and the 49ers and Seahawks. It should have been. There was no way that game should have gone over, but it did. So what do you do in a situation like that? Well, you jump right back in. So I'm going under in the 49ers and Cardinals this week. It's 45. These teams just played two weeks ago on a Thursday night game that went over the total, but again, was late scoring to do so. Uh, so two teams real familiar, just played a couple weeks ago. That tends to favor the defenses. The offense struggled to, to get as much going. Um, and the number's a little higher than it should be because of the points scored Monday night. So we're going to use our loss from last week to our advantage this week. And we're going to build off of, you know, rebound from going one and two and, go under 45 with the Cardinals and 49ers and we're going to go 3 and 0 this week. 
All right, Ryan Fisher, our Vegas insider, gives you his picks. Me, Jason Gotch, before we get out of here, I'll give you three picks as well, my best bets of the week. I'm going to go kind of off the grid here, a game we have not talked about yet on this program. We have the Broncos on the road in Minnesota. Vikings coming off that huge win in Dallas last week. They've been rolling this year, but I think this is a letdown spot for them at home. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but give me the Broncos plus the 10.5 on the road. I am going to go with the public and take the Patriots. Both the Pats and Eagles coming off the bye last week, but the Pats are due for some get-back-on-track mojo this week after that tough loss a couple of weeks ago in Baltimore. Plus, I don't think the Eagles are very good this year. Carson Wentz has been up and down so give me the Patriots minus three and a half on the road. And I'm also going to take the Houston Texans plus four in Baltimore. Ravens are surging. They beat the Pats a couple of weeks ago. They crushed the Bengals last week. I think Deshaun Watson and company could get a win outright on the road here in Baltimore. But if they don't, they'll cover the four. So, and I will make out of that group my best bet of the week. I'm going to take the Texans plus the four points. For Ryan Fisher and John Spataro, my name's Jason Gotch. This has been another episode of State Lines where you get the best gambling information for pro football in the state of Illinois. Good luck with the winners we gave you, and we'll talk to you next week.